Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 164 of Sorta Awesome. And we want to say again how much fun we are having with you guys in this year of the awesome. It truly is so awesome to be able to spend time with you each week. And we love hearing from you about what you've heard on Sorta Awesome has kind of changed your life a little bit. And we also know that one of the very best ways that you can support Sorta Awesome is actually totally free to you. Just tell someone about it. We are huge believers in the fact that our best recommendations in life really come from our friends. So it means so much to us when you share Sort of Awesome with the people in your life. So whether you tell a friend or a group that you're in, maybe about a favorite episode or heck, tell them about the whole show and our amazing community, it really does mean the world to us when you tell others about Sort of Awesome. So if you aren't sure where or how to start with sharing Sort of Awesome with your friends, it's super simple to send people over to our website and we'll take it from there. As a reminder, you can always find us online on our website, our little home on the web, our little sparkly gold home on the web over at sortaawesomeshow.com. Okay, like I said, this is episode 164 of this show. In this whole month on Sorta Awesome, we've really been looking at how to build lives that are happy and healthy and full. And that's really a big thing that we hope that you take away from this whole year of the awesome these ideas and inspiration for building a life that you love, a life that brings a lot of contentment to you, both now and in the future. I can't think of a better way to inspire all of us to live a life that we'll look back on with happiness someday, but then by listening to the wisdom of people who are a little bit ahead of us on this path through life. That's what we're going to do today because I am so excited to welcome to the show someone who has been a constant source of inspiration and a mentor to me in so many ways. Chrisanne Breckus is the co-founder and owner of Love Feast Shop. It's a beautiful company devoted to beautiful living. Chrisanne is a wife and a mom to four, a world traveler. She has so much wisdom. She's one of the people that, you guys, this is the honest truth. I have been known to screenshot your advice, Chrisanne, when I see it come up. I screenshot it. I save it for a rainy day or a moment of crisis. So, Chrisanne, welcome to Sorta Awesome. Oh, thank you, Meg. It's so fun to be here. It really is. I, you inspire me as well, just to see how you've built this amazing community. So, well, you know, one of the things that you and I have bonded over is we are like the exact same personality types. <laughs> yes. ENFP. Hashtag nine. Yes, exactly. Both of us are ENFPs. We are both Enneagram nines. And listen, Truth telling time. That is not always a combination. (laughs) (laughs) That's known for like being go getters, right, Chrissy? Yes, we can do it. 
We can do it. It might look crazy getting there, but we can do it. I seriously love that. I need that as a bumper sticker or maybe just like put it on my business card and hand it out to people like, it's going to look crazy, but we'll get there. (laughs) That's such a good quote. That should be saved. Oh my goodness. Oh, but truly, Chrisanne and I, we see the world in the same ways in a lot of ways. And I think that for like both of us being both ENFPs and both of those types are people that maybe have good ideas, but sometimes we don't really put those into action. But Chrisanne's life, you guys, as we start to talk, I think you're going to hear this unfold and some of her stories and her wisdom. Like Chrisanne, you have not like let any label stop you. You have not done the thing that some people do with personality stuff, which is kind of like use it as a crutch and be like, you know, that's a great idea, but I could never do that because I'm this kind of person. I mean, you genuinely have been like, well, I'm going to do it. And yeah, it might look a little bit chaotic getting there, but I really want to see this through. And so I can't wait to hear some of your wisdom about that today, honestly. Actually hearing you say that, that is a big, huge sort of belief I have internally is that outward or inward limitations shouldn't stop you. Like you you said, it might look sloppy getting there. It might look impossible to get there. But I feel like one little tiny step at a time, day by day, month by month, year by year, I think you can do anything you put your mind to. I truly believe that. And if it's something that's truly challenging, you can figure out enough to sort of like overarchingly master it, kind of get the idea and you can always outsource it. <laughs> so Absolutely. You get there, you know? Yes. Okay. We have so much that we're going to talk about because it's so great to think back as a person, think back on the choices that you've made, what you wish you knew at the time, maybe what you would do differently. I love to hear that from other people because it's like, okay, that kind of helps me to make some adjustments where I am right now. So we are going to do a deep dive into our past decades and think about, we're going to kind of process together and share with you guys things that we wish we had known in our 20s and our 30s. Chrisanne's going to tell me about what I need to do in my 40s. And we're going to unpack all of that and have so much fun talking about it here in just a minute. But first, let's go ahead and start the show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. It's the moment of the show where we really stop and tell you all about the TV, the music, the movies, podcasts, the products, the recipes anything that is in our life right now that is making life just a little bit more awesome. So Christian, I can't wait to hear what is awesome in your life right now. Awesome. Well, you know, when you said that again, I thought of it differently. I came up with an object that is awesome in my life right now. And I also took it from the point of view of my age, which is 50. Wait, I have to think a second, 52, right? (laughs) Yes. Listen, I have to think about it all the time for sure. How old am I? I know. It's such a shock. I was born in 66. So I think I'm about my birthday, September 30th. So I'm Uh about to be 52. That's right. Yes. Yes. And so my awesome, which it truly is my awesome. I just bought my first pair of these a month ago is a particular brand of readers and they're called. Yeah, they're awesome. Of course, I've been using readers for at least a year now and I am all about buying as many readers as look good on you. (laughs) Chrisanne, thank you for that permission. I am on my first pair of readers. I'm 41. I just had to get them this year. And I'm like, I need a pair of these literally at every point of my life. Every corner, every desk, every drawer. Yes. Car, everywhere. Yes. Yes. You need about 10 pairs. I'm not going to lie. And okay. I have a good little hack. I started getting all my readers at TJ Maxx and you can buy them in like mm. a box of three and they're like $9.99. So you really oh my gosh. multiple pairs. So that's where I started. But last month, I treated myself to a really nice pair by a brand called iBobs. Hmm. Yeah. And what is nice about them, I love their tagline for the company is, I wear for the irreverent and slightly jaded. Oh, Chrisanne, that sounds perfect for you. <laughs> I wear for the irreverent and slightly jaded is awesome because all their eyeglasses are a little unique. They're a little like the circle is a little wonky. The square has a little edge and there are lots of great colors. And they're a Minneapolis company and the quality of the glass is really nice. And that is one thing I've noticed in readers. 
if you really want to read and enjoy a book, it's good to have good eye glass quality. So that's awesome. Oh my gosh. We are totally going to put a link to those in the show notes. And then I'm going to immediately, as soon as we're done recording, go check those out because they sound really fun and truly like wake up one day and you're like, oh, uh, now I'm the age where I need readers. You can't read at night. That's what happened to me. It started in the night. I was like, can I get anything? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it snuck up on me, but here I am. And truly, I'm loving your TJ Maxx tip. I never thought to look for them there, but that's good too. So that's where I go. That's where I go. Okay. Well, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for all of you all who might like to check out eyewear for the irreverent and slightly jaded for yourself or maybe for someone in your life. That sounds so fun. My awesome of the week this week is a recipe. It's a chicken recipe, which all of you all collective awesomes know that I have a difficult and rocky past with cooking chicken in my life. But this year, I really decided, you know what, speaking of what Chris Ann was saying <laughs> at the top of the show, you cannot let your limitations hold you back. I decided, okay, I am not going to be a person who just doesn't cook chicken ever. I'm going to really give it a good try this year. So suddenly I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all these fantastic chicken recipes. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're all around you. They are, totally. So this is a really fun one, especially if you are kind of trying to keep maybe like your sugar level low or your total carb count low in life. But you still miss just some good old fashioned like chicken tenders, like breaded chicken tenders. I found a fantastic recipe. It's so simple. It is for basically chicken strips, but you bread them with chicorones or pork skin, really fried pork skins. So grab a bag of those. You could crush them in a, like a Ziploc bag or just blend them up in your food processor is what I've done because I'm kind of lazy like that. But you use that as the breading instead of your standard breading, which is where we get the word breading from, I suppose. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So anyway, you do an egg wash. You throw in some Parmesan cheese into the chicarones if you want. The nice thing about chicarones is you can get them spicy, which my kids really loved. This is so easy to do. So you mix that up. You do a little dip your chicken tenders into the egg and then do this breading with the fried pork skins. And then you bake it in the oven and it's done in no time. And this is so easy that I will actually go ahead and stick these in the oven and get them out so that they are ready for an after-school snack. Because Christiane, my kids, I don't know about your kids, my kids come home from school absolutely famished every day. Yeah, totally. And that's a good way to eat something healthy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've tried all different kinds of things. I really have thought, should I just truly feed everybody a whole meal when they get home, but then what would we do before bed? So I've tried doing, you know, like fruit and cheese or all different kinds of combinations of things. But I have found if I will do just like a little batch of these, I can do them at the beginning of the week and then continue to throw them in the microwave as needed for after school snacks or even for lunch boxes. But it has been just so wonderful to have a super fast, very healthy, little snack to have for after school for whatever. And sometimes even, you know, my kids like to snack after school, but my husband is a late night snacker. So he go down and kind of like paw through the fridge and see what he can find <laughs> that's good for eating. And these are just so simple. So anyway, it is cooking chicken strips with chicorones or fried pork skins. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I hope it will be awesome for you that and for good. your family, whoever in your family might like to try these, but it's been really great. That sounds delicious. Nothing can ever go wrong with pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, edit that for the vegan. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, those are our awesomes of the week. Don't forget that every single week we love to hear what is awesome in your life. And now we are showcasing those over on Instagram every Friday, asking you to share with us what's awesome in your week on Instagram. So Awesomes of Instagram, find us there at Sorta Awesome Show. And of course, our longstanding tradition is to open up the floor for Awesomes of the Week in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group on Facebook. And so if you haven't joined us in our community there, you can do that by going to facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. 
Hey, Awesomes, you know that we talk often about how daily consistent meditation can be a strong foundation for healthy self-care routines. But if you're like me, you might not even know where to get started on practicing daily meditation. Well, luckily for us, there's Simple Habit. In fact, Simple Habit is perfect whether you're a meditation beginner or if you've been practicing it for years. It's a five-minute meditation app that's designed to help busy people to stress less, achieve more, and live better through a series of guided programs. Simple Habit offers meditation guides for specific lifestyles or symptoms that are designed by the world's best teachers. They range from mindfulness experts at Google to former monks. With Simple Habit, you can browse over 1,000 different topics, create customized playlists, and set daily reminders so you can live at ease. In fact, I set a reminder for 8.15 every single morning after I drop my kids off at school. I open up Simple Habit and use one of the meditations to guide me into a mindset for productivity so that I'm ready to take on the day. Simple Habit is perfect for a busy lifestyle. It has an on-the-go feature to quickly calm your nerves and anxiety and achieve a sense of mindfulness. With Simple Habit, it's super easy to keep track of your daily streak or how many mindful minutes you've had in the past month right in your app. So if you are ready to feel more calm, less stressed, and just happier through meditation, then you're ready for Simple Habit. For a free seven-day trial for the premium library, visit simplehabit.com awesome. Again, that's a free seven-day trial for Simple Habit's amazing premium library when you go to simplehabit.com awesome. All right. So as you all know, our mission at Sorta Awesome really is to help each other to become smarter and stronger and more social. And truly, that is something that we can do at any age. And before we started recording today, I was telling Christiane, one of the things that I love about the awesome community is we have the entire age range of people who listen to us each week. I have friends who tell me that their tween and teenage daughters love to listen to the show every week. We certainly have young women in their early 20s, all the way up to women in their 70s who listen and who consider themselves to be an awesome. And that makes my heart so happy. We just love creating a space where women can come together every week and discover, okay, what are we going to do this week to build upon finding the awesome in the everyday? So. What Chris Ann and I have done is we have really thought back on what do we wish we knew in our past decade? If we could go back in time and tell ourselves, okay, in your 20s, you need to know this. In your 30s, you need to know this and so on. That would help us to be smarter or stronger or more social. Like what would we have told ourselves? So we're just going to start in our 20s. Looking back on that decade, Chris Ann, I would love to hear some of the things as you've reflected back on your 20s, what do you wish that you knew back then? And Listen, feel free to kind of help us know where you were in life. You know, were you still in school? Were you doing business stuff yet? What were you doing? And then how did that translate into some of the life lessons you wish you would have known back then? Yes. Well, okay. So in my 20s, I was in college. I went to a liberal arts college in the Midwest. And about into my freshman year, I actually met my now husband and So I think in some ways we went to college together. So we had the rest of our three years after we met where we promised. And so we knew we were going to get married someday, but we were also exploring our education and our friend Mm -hmm. groups. And we had a really large friend group together. And so we had made a really like lifelong friendships in that timeframe that are still our friends and really grew a lot as individuals together and separately. And so it was a really good time for me. But as I was looking, some of my best times of my life, really, just because making memories at a time when you are just discovering possibilities in your life, I think is a bonding time of life. And so... Oh, absolutely. Yes. That is so true. Yep. Great friends from that time frame. But during that time frame, for me personally, I grew up in a small town and... I had already done some brave things by the time I had gone to college. I had gone to New York City and to the Hamptons and been a nanny. And so I'd left home, so to speak, and had some life experiences that were definitely outside of my small town life. But still in my 20s, when I was looking 
back on it, as many amazing memories as I had, what was kind of underneath the surface and I was always aware of, even though I definitely put on a facade. I mean, it wasn't completely a facade. It was definitely, I was enjoying my life. I did have great friends. I already kind of knew who I was going to get married. So there's a lot of security in many ways. Looking back now, I can see that I had a lot of fear. So my 20s, as many good things I have from my 20s, I can see that a big thing I was carrying was fear and being scared of the unknown. Mm. I actually was even very scared of the dark. Oh, really? Yeah, I had some real like your normal fears, like who will I marry? What kind of job will I have? How will I get this assignment done? How will I be able to do this thing I don't know how to do yet? You know, one of the challenges, this is crazy. This will date me because I think this for some like the 20 awesomes right now will be like, what? <laughs> I know, really, this will date me. And that's so scary that you can even say a sentence like this. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm old enough to say this sentence right now. But this is crazy. When I was in my 20s and I was at in college, people did not have computers, okay? Huh? And you did not hand in your assignments like my middle schoolers and high schoolers do right now on the internet and right. computer. If you were lucky, and I was, I was fortunate enough to have a typewriter. Ah, uh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... I typed, or you hand wrote, or you found a typewriter or a word processor or something. Well, about my junior, senior year, I think around that time frame, they were starting to slowly transition. So you could, if you wanted to, do hand in your assignments on the computer, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Word processing, like basic stuff terrified me. Technology terrified me. Really? Oh my gosh. Things like that, which sound almost kind of like how could that be, actually were humongous mountains of fear to me as how I was even going to process through getting my assignments done and turning things in. Yeah. 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 Because progressive professors, some of them were starting to require it to go through the computer. And I would be like, I would go and I would lobby for, can I please hand it in from a typewriter? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. So that's crazy, right? Oh my goodness. No, I totally get it. I was like in that transition time where in high school, I would type up my papers and essays. In high school, they're not that in depth. So I would type that on my mom's typewriter at home. But then when I went to college is when we were starting to do a lot of word processing and you would have to go to the writing lab on campus to type things up and print them out there. But yeah, when I look at what my kids do now for their homework, I'm like... (laughs) I'm like... Do you know? When they're writing papers <laughs> on a small iPad, I'm like, I said to my the other yeah. day, that can't even be healthy. Like, <laughs> you're going to need some iBob readers real quick. Because that's your eye. <laughs> it can't be good. It can't be. Oh, yes. change. It happens. Yeah. So looking back on your 20s, it was a time of fear. It sounds like in some specific ways, some specific ways. And, you know, those are sort of practical. At that time, I think I was operating with so much fear that practical things felt huge. And then I think I was also dealing with a lot of irrational fear. And yeah, irrational fear is just irrational. (laughs) So sometimes it feels like you just can't control that at all. So that was my experience being scared of the dark, being afraid if it was late at night to go down the hallway. So, okay, let's go back to the technology thing because, I mean, your business, Love Feast, you have a brick and mortar store, which we'll talk about that later in the show. But I mean, it began as really like online e-commerce business. So eventually you must have worked through those fears where like, do you think you just kind of outgrew it or did you just work through it? How did you come through that? (laughs) No, I did not outgrow it. I literally woke up my son last night to find a microphone today because I was like, panicking. He's like, mom, are you serious? I'm like, I am going to tape a podcast tomorrow. I need a microphone right now. (laughs) No, I have not outgrown it, but it has gotten better. And I have gained belief that I will possibly somehow remarkably and magically be able to get through it. Right. 
But when I first started Love Feast, we actually started by doing a lifestyle blog with my best friend. We started a lifestyle blog first called Love Feast Table. Mm -hmm. And it was to kind of gather momentum and kind of get our feet wet and learn the technology so that we could go on to launch an online store, boutique. And so this is a true story because I knew nothing how to do anything to the point that during that same year, right before we started Love Feast, I said to my husband, how are all the parents getting all this extra information? I am showing up at, you know, soccer field and they seem to know where the directions are, what time the meeting was and why am I missing the information? And he said, uh-huh. are you opening up the attachment? And I was like, what's an attachment? (laughs) (laughs) And then, true, this is a true story. And then he goes, it's the paperclip. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? What are you talking about? The paperclip in the computer? Huh? What? And sure enough, I found out there was that little icon that had the attachment. (laughs) Oh my goodness. My poor children, their mom was always just a smidge off, right? I was always missing part of the story (laughs) until I learned to open the attachment and actually find out what was going on. So, oh my gosh, that is fantastic. The challenges were deep, let me tell you. But the cool thing that I do love about it is that my kids, and this was kind of not the main reason, but it was definitely something I was aware of at the time. My kids were watching me struggle I mean, there were times I had to get them to reboot the computer, turn it back on for me. It went off. I don't know why it went off. Please turn it back on. And just real basic stuff. My kids saw me go from basically no skill at all to doing all that I do today, which is quite a bit, a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. You have graduated far, far past figuring out how to open an attachment in your email, Chrissy Ed. So yeah, I know. And that took about that journey. If you think about it, that took 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) That is such a great point is that because I'm hearing you say a couple of things, like sometimes the only way to get through something is to actually like go through it and walk through the challenges of it, which is important for your own self and your own growing inner resiliency and your belief that you can do things. But you never know who is watching. Maybe it's kids. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's your own parents watching you kind of come into something and learn some lessons as an adult. You never know who's watching that it's also going to have an impact on their life as well as you're going through it. Yeah, totally. And if you don't quit, you'll get there. Yeah. I literally started Love Feast in between laundry loads, literally one day at a time Mm. and definitely some late, late, late nights for a long time that I chose to do. Definitely had my moments of rolling into bed going, why am I putting this on myself? But in the end, I'm happy I persevered and I'm happy I grew. Yeah, that's such a great perspective to have. I love that too, the idea that sometimes you do start things as a side project, a side hustle, whatever you want to call it. You work it into the margins of your life and you keep feeding it and nourishing it. And then who knows what it will grow into eventually. Love it. So I love that. I know that in my 20s, a big struggle for me, probably one of the biggest was actually socially, because that was a time when I didn't have a super clear idea of who I was yet. And so socially in friendships, and even at work, I was such a chameleon, Christian, like I would just kind of shape shift into whatever kind of person people around me wanted me to be. No, I hear that. I hear you. As you were talking about the fear thing, I think that a big part of that for me was I was so afraid that people wouldn't like me. And I actually had a situation that happened socially early in my 20s. It was one of the first times that somebody, one of my husband's coworkers' wives, that she didn't like me. I was not her cup of tea. We didn't mesh well. And it was one of the first times that I was like, really had to confront like, oh, she doesn't like me at all. (laughs) And I tried to figure out, did I do something? Was I offensive in some way? Did I 
say something hurtful. But as it turned out, our personalities just didn't jive. And it was so good to have that lesson early on. I wish I would have been able to kind of like time travel back and like tell myself, like, get through this quicker. You don't have to spend as much time obsessing over this and what you might have done. But not everyone's going to like you. And that's okay. Like, that's one of those fears that you really do just have to kind of live out and then realize like, oh, someone didn't like me. And it was actually yes. totally fine. <laughs> it's a, Well, that's a time of life where you are figuring out what types of people you want to be friends with too, I think. The beginning. Of that. Yeah, that's so true. Because growing up and through your childhood, of course, in school, in your early years, you're kind of friends with whoever's around. Then, you know, if you go on to college, then you might become friends with people because you guys share the same major. You have a lot of classes together, you know, kind of life continues to group you together. But then once you're out into the wide world, early 20s and continuing on from there, it's kind of one of the first times that you really get to pick your friend group and really search for and find the people that you just jive with for no other reason than you just want to be friends. And that can be a little scary when you're used to having some built-in friendships. Totally. So yeah, I wish I would have told myself, be authentic to who you are. Don't be such a chameleon. And if you're authentic to who you are and people don't like you, it really is going to be okay. Yes, you will find your people eventually. You will find your people eventually. That's so true. Any other reflections back from your 20s, Chrisanne? Well, I think that going back to the fear thing, I think that just kind of plotting on, I even remember at that time having conversations with different groups of friends. And I don't think that that was a unique experience. Mm -hmm. You're leaving home for the first time. So there's a lot of shaky ground where you're trying to find your footings. And just because you have those shaky feelings does not mean you're not going to accomplish things or get places. Even if you feel that way, you are actually braver than you think. I think that time shows you you're, you actually are brave. That's so good. That's so true. I love that. I can see that showing up over and over again in my life, actually. It doesn't end. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good. (laughs) One last practical thing. This is like way more super practical thing. I really wish I would have known and go back in time and tell myself in my twenties to learn how to stick to a budget. Oh. Yeah. Like I wish I would have learned that a lot earlier. I still struggle with it, but man, money was a hot mess for us in our twenties. I think it's that thing of sometimes you're doing graduate school and you're like living on nothing, or maybe you do have your first paycheck, but you have no idea how to track it, how to make that paycheck stretch for your whole month. I wish I would have learned early in my twenties and really practiced throughout my twenties to track everything, see where that money is going to learn how to say no to the things that we just want. (laughs) Or even if you don't say no, to just be like, okay, wait. I wish I would have been a lot smarter about money and set up really strong foundations for money and money management and learning how to work a budget and not having, again, money was something that I did have a lot of fear around. And I think that if I would have felt more empowered to actually like track where it was going, it could have eliminated some of the fear, which set me up for some bad money decisions, set us up as a new and growing family for some bad money decisions because I hadn't confronted some of my fears and hangups about money. Mm, That's a good one. I mean, money skills are something you can take with you forever and ever. So yeah. Totally. And I think some families, some parents do a really good job. Like I have friends whose parents taught them early on, like did the whole like portioned out their allowance and taught them how to track where things go. And I did not have that foundation. And it really showed, especially in my 20s. So I would say learn how to work that budget, girls. That is a big deal and can be a really good time to practice it as you're finishing up whatever schooling you're doing and going out into the big wide world. Totally. Yes. I thought you were going to say, learn that language. That's a good one. Keep learning that language, even if you didn't do good. And yeah, and you love it. Keep it, keep it, keep on doing it. (laughs) That too. I'm going to definitely co-sign that for sure. Okay, let's move on and talk about our 30s. So I would imagine, Chrisanne, like many women, that the 30s were a time not only professional development for you, but also growing family and friendships changing and growing and those types of things. So let's talk about our 30s. What are some things that you kind of wish that you would have known back then that would have 
kind of changed some choices and some directions for you? Well, let's see. The 30s were an amazing, amazing, amazing time in our life. Mm -hmm. Also, very, very hard. I really feel when I look back on my life that the 30s were the hard, hard work. So when I was in my 30s, I was just having, I think I had a couple kids. And so I have four children now. So sort of in the mid of my 30s, I had three children about to have a fourth child. So my kids kind of stair-stepped. I had an elementary school, a toddler and a baby. And then of course, as years went on, I had a middle schooler, then an elementary schooler, then a preschooler and a baby. So my kids, because of the way they were stair-stepped, were always every age and stage at the same time. So there was always one kid ahead Uh, stage-wise, which was awesome and kind of good, but it was also kind of challenging because every age and stage is a new set of challenges. And so like in the midst of like potty training or the terrible twos or elementary school years, I was starting to have to deal with middle school issues, you know? So And then as they got older, high school issues when kids were still in elementary school, you know, so I feel like I've always had to juggle because of the space between my kids, the span of all the ages and stages for kids. And I think a lot of that time, because I was juggling so many of their needs. And also at that time, my husband's profession was taking a lot of time and he was having a lot of success. And so there was a lot of energy that he was spending there. And I was at home. He traveled sure. a lot. So I was home by myself quite a bit, just meeting everybody's needs. And, you know, when I look back on that, I feel like I spent a lot of time thinking about what others wanted me to do and what mm. their expectations of me were and really began to sort of neglect myself, not like purposely, but just pure exhaustion, amount of time I had, the load I had to carry. And I think that it's really easy in those hard child rearing years to forget to take care of yourself and to put everybody first. And therefore, I think those years can be super draining. And I became drained (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I am sure so many of our awesomes who are listening are just nodding along right now with total understanding and agreement because they are living it out right now. Yeah, totally. And, you know, those years were amazing years. I had a good friend and many good friends. And we used to really luckily at that time that I had the types of friends that would come when you're truly weary, let you sit in your own chair and do your dishes for you. Mm. Or... Yeah, I mean, (laughs) if that's a thing I could tell people in their 30s, if you can grab a couple girlfriends and say, we're going to bathe each other's kids for each other, yeah, you will be in it to win it. You will live through that stage. Yes. I had a few friends that would come alongside, clean out my fridge, make me a dinner here or there while I put all our kids in the bath. Like we really almost did like helped each other function on the basics and it really did those are some of the sweetest memories. Oh, yeah. They were sloppy and soapy and sweaty. Yep. None of us had air sweaty. conditioning. <laughs> we're like, nobody had air conditioning in those days either. Typewriters and no air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> and walking uphill in the snow too, right? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, because of Minnesota, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, in the good old days, we didn't have air conditioning But those times, they were so hard. And literally, we thought they were going to break us. But some of those memories, of course, now we laugh because we survived them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like all the cute little pictures I have of my friends, children and my children lined up to eat and lined up to take a bath. And, you know, us getting through the mundane was some really sweet time, for sure. Absolutely. I hadn't thought about this in a while, but that reminded me when I was in my sort of like early to mid thirties, this is when we had two children. When my older daughter went to school, I had two very good friends in the little town that we lived in. And we had kids that were sort of in the same age group. And so we started what we called a preschool co-op where we basically just shuffled our kids through the week. So we cleared off three days out of the week. We said, okay, can we do this like Monday, Wednesday, Friday? So say on Mondays, I would take all of the little kids. 
And the other two moms would have that day totally off. And then on Wednesday, they'd all go to another house. And then again, I and the other mom would have that morning off. We actually just did it for the mornings. And then Friday. And so we like just kind of took turns shuffling our kids around. We called it preschool. We did some coloring and some watching of Sesame Street. (laughs) But mostly it was more like take my kids. And then for two whole mornings out of the week, I had freedom to do stuff. And it was the best gift. And we didn't have any money at the time. And so it was like free because we all needed help with each other, with our kids. So we just like made it happen for each other and for ourselves. And that worked out so wonderfully. And I think it really kind of reflects back on what you were saying, like the thirties are such a hard time for friendship, but also it's a time to like get super real and super honest in friendship and be like, I'm going under here. I need somebody to pull me up out of this. So yeah. Yeah. And usually in that day and age for me, what was taking you under was just literally laundry. Yes bath time, you know, there was just so many things to do to care for other people. Oh, I know. But then, you know, it's a depleting time because it's hard to think of yourself. Yeah. You know, sure. a little time to fill your own self in. A couple mornings a week is awesome. But more than likely, if you were like me, at least if I had a morning or two, which we did similar things as to what you're saying, I would usually use that time to go like grocery Yes, I did too, a lot. (laughs) Truly did not fill my soul. Right, right. Scary thing is I thought it did at that. I thought, you know, there was nothing more blissful than a late night walk through Walmart. Yeah. And that really doesn't really fill your soul, but. Yeah. You're through when you need it to though. I would say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it just might help. That's so good. And I think, again, like I said, I think it's going to really speak to a lot of our awesomes right where they are right now. So my sort of sum up of that in looking back and saying, what would I would tell myself? I would say it's tedious work. Find yourself somebody who's down there in the mud with you and Mm. get each other through it and you will get through it and you'll get to the other side. Totally. That's such great advice. It is. A couple of takeaways from my thirties that I think back on and really wish I'd known it in my core back then. The first one is to learn the awesome of rejection, which kind of goes back to this fear thing. If you live with a lot of fear, one of the things that you might fear a lot is rejection. But I really, looking back on my 30s, I can see it is definitely a time to take some risks. And honestly, as you look back on your 30s, it's a decade where if you look back and say, I had some really big rejections, I made some really big mistakes. I had some big failures. That means, you know what? The flip side of that is, is that you were like taking some risks. You were going after some things. A very specific example from my own life about this is in my 30s is when I ended up eventually co-writing and publishing a book on the first year of parenting, Spirit-Led Parenting. We've talked about it several times on Sort of Awesome. Well, before we got our book deal, years before we got the book deal, We had floated that idea out to a number of different agents and we got rejection after rejection at every turn, which of course was very disheartening at the time. I can see now looking back and we even realized this once we finally did get the book deal that we ended up getting. When we first had started to float that book idea out yet, we really weren't ready to write that book. We needed to really live with the message of that book for a few more years. And so the time that passed in between those first rejections and when we actually got a book contract and wrote the book and put the book out into the world, that time that passed was so invaluable. We really had to have that time to develop what needed to be developed within us and our understanding of what we even wanted to convey in that book. And if someone would have said yes to us fresh out of the gate, it would have been a different book. And who knows, may have been kind of a disaster. (laughs) Just know that I think our good time to just like embrace the fact that when you take risks, sometimes it's not going to work out. But if you think about it, the 30s are the perfect time to take these risks, because even if you do have a big failure, a flop, a lot of rejection, you still have so much time ahead to develop your thing, to work through what you need to work through. But you have enough experience that you're ready to start taking those risks. I don't know. I think that the 30s are a great time to just really say, you know what? It's okay if somebody tells me no. I'm going to try it anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Like the 30s can be the time where you took a chance and sometimes you might have screwed up, Mm -hmm. but you 
take that little nugget. It's forgivable. It, it is fixable. Anything yes. you learn is a takeaway on your journey. And those lessons of the 30s become honestly the foundations of your 40s. Absolutely. Yes. I could not agree more. It's so true. I didn't learn it in my 30s. I wish I would have known in my 30s is it's also a really good time to like go get some therapy, go to counseling, get yourself a life coach or even a mentor, even if you don't want to or don't have the capacity or the resources to do like officially go to therapy. I think that the 30s are a really important time to untangle the knots that maybe you kind of picked up along the way from your childhood, from your growing up years, even in your 20s, you might have gotten into some tangles in life. And I think your 30s are a great time to really begin to work on untangling some of that. I didn't go to therapy for the first time until the summer that I turned 40. And when I started, I was like, I should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, But I think it's really hard for us to see the patterns and the behaviors and the beliefs that we might have gathered along the way when we're growing up. And when you're in your 20s, you might even still be a little bit too close to it. But I really think that the 30s are a great time to start working it out, to get serious about figuring out why you do the things you do, where your blind spots are, where are some areas that you can bring some healing into your life. Because, and this reflects back to what you just said, you really want to firm up those foundations before you move into your 40s, because there's so much that you can accomplish once you hit the decade of your 40s. You get your best start, I think, if you have done some inward work to heal and recover from and work out some things maybe that you brought along into your adulthood from your childhood. In my 30s, I was in such a doing mode. Mm -hmm. Like just swimming the lap, like, you know, treading water, go, 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 just trying to keep the thing going. Yes. I guess that goes back to all the kids and getting the carpool drop off, dinner on, da, 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 you know, just keeping the thing chugging. I think that I wouldn't say regret, but like looking back, I would have said to my 30 something self, take a minute and get some backup, get some help, get some know-how. I think I would get into a state of mind where I thought I had to get through it on my own. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't even stop, even for like practical, like I laugh back now when I think about it. I had once lived when my kids were growing up in a house, plagued with different types of things. Mm. Like I tried every single thing I could think of to put things in containers, everything I could do to keep the mice out, right? Yeah. On my own, four years, cleaning all the things, never, ever, ever stopped to take a second and gain some perspective and think, you know what? There's an expert for that. (laughs) I can call somebody on the phone and they can take care of it for me. And Honestly, it's kind of a funny story because it's about mice, but I think you can apply it to just about anything. Yeah, Take a minute to pick up the phone and get a professional's help is a great idea. Get some other perspective. I think it's really easy to ignore the obvious and just try to keep fixing it yourself. Oh my gosh. That is such a good lesson, Chrisanne. And honestly, here I am at the beginning of my 40s. I am still learning that. To be honest, full transparency, I don't know, maybe it was where I was in the community I was, but at the time frame that I lived in, the community I lived in, just my general inclination was just to try harder, to work harder. Yeah. Which, you know, there's good points of that, but I found personally in my 30s that try harder, work harder kind of dug me a little bit of a hole. Yeah. I got tired and it got hard. And so I think I would have served myself better and those around me if I would have maybe not held that so tightly. Mm, that's a good word. That is a good word, Chrisanne. Okay, I am ready to hear. Oh, you're in your early 50s now, so the 40s are still pretty close. They are. I'd love to hear what you wish that you had known in your 40s. What can you tell me about this decade that's ahead of me? So the 40s, I've been hearing the foundation I've kind of laid, for me personally, having some fear and then kind of compounding it by a lot of hard work, a lot of tedious time frame in my life with a lot of neglect just because I was working so hard for others. Yeah. I think 
that in my 40s, I had had a friend who had said to me, just wait till you get to your 40s. When you hit your 40s, you really know yourself, Mm. really get your power as a woman. And I actually remember hearing that in my 30s and being annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what do you mean? I already have all my power. Okay. I'm a full grown woman. Right. I thought it really offended me. You know, it really bothered me, but it always stuck with me really annoyingly so. And Mm -hmm. because I was sort of like, oh, we'll see if this is true. Yeah. yeah, But I have to say that in my 40s, in order to keep moving forward, I think one of the biggest factors that I learned was how to accept myself. Mm -hmm. And really, I think how to, I think when you accept yourself, you really learn how to love yourself. And I think that that gives you that foundation that of all that stuff you learned in your 30s that somehow start to click in your 40s and kind of give you that foundation of a sense of self that can take you through kind of your next decade learning and doing things you just never thought possible. That's very exciting to hear. Very hopeful and inspiring. I love it. So. The 40s were an awesome time too, because there's still that tension. If you've had children, you are definitely raising, your kids are getting older. So there's a little bit more freedom in your time. There's still a lot of challenges, teenagers and whatnot. If you've started Mm -hmm. a career, like I had at that point, I'd started Love Feast and my online boutique. And so as I was, had started that in my early 40s, after my youngest had gone to preschool, right? She was in preschool. So I started like in between pickups and drop-offs. I would come home when I would start to build mm-hmm. that website. It's like I started to be able to have build on what I had started a little bit more. Oh, I love that. I think that is so hopeful and truly, I think, I hope that as a culture that we're kind of shifting away from like, oh, 40 is, it's over the hill. It's the end of everything. It's the end of your youth. And that so many voices of women that have found so much empowerment, so much strength, so much resiliency in, you know, the 40 plus years of life are saying, you guys, it's actually pretty great on this side of things. So I love that hopeful message. And do you know what's weird too? I don't know if it's going to be weird for me to say this, but you will end up looking better. Honestly, you're 40. You will look better. Several of my friends, we look back on our pictures of when we had young kids and we were honestly haggard and carrying all these babies. And we're like, and we look at ourselves in pictures now. We're like, we de-aged. Right, right. It's amazing what some solid night's sleep will get you. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's amazing when you're not like slightly crooked hanging to the left with your hip out holding a baby <laughs> with some good posture. Some good posture can make you look good. <laughs> So that is fantastic. And so, so great. I love that, Christiana. And really, truly, Love Feast was born in your 40s. And tell us a little bit about making the transition, because now not only is it an online boutique, but you actually, in the very recent past here, you went ahead and took a big risk and opened a brick and mortar store. Yeah, the brick and mortar really, truly was a childhood dream. Mm. And honestly, it was a dream that I really didn't think I was ever going to do. Yeah. Almost one of those things that was like that way out there, like that's what like amazing people do. That's what people do that know how to do stuff. And at the time I started Love Feast online first with, like I said, the lifestyle blog and then went through some transitions. And then I think several years ago, I started Love Feast first, like I said, as a lifestyle blog. And then a couple years later, started an online boutique, just adding and curating things that I thought would be beautiful and things that would be gifts and things for the home, just because I really loved curating and creating beautiful things. And so I didn't really feel like I was going to have the time to be like an artist and actually make things, which had been my degree in college. I was an art degree. Mm-hmm. But didn't think I was going to have the time to do that. But I really appreciated what things that other people did, whether they created themselves or had created a brand around it. I just loved the idea of taking different people's beauty, 
different crafts and things that people had created and bringing it together that felt manageable to me as far as a way I could still be part of the creative process was to just carefully create like a collection of beautiful things. And so I started by putting that on the internet, mostly because it was a easy, well, it wasn't an easy way, but it was an inexpensive way to begin. And because I didn't really know how to begin, I just kept pushing back, trying to think of a way I could do it that basically was not going to cost a lot of money. Sure. Or it was not going to jeopardize, you know, my kids' college education or something. You know, I was just trying to find a way to do it that could fit into our life, could fit into raising children, but could be something that I could move forward with that had been a dream. And yes. so I started by doing everything online. And then a couple years ago, I had been driving by, I live in a small town now, a small lake town in the suburbs of Minneapolis. And we have a really old fashioned kind of tiny street with a bakery on the end of it. And I would drive by my carpool lane and I would see this tiny, tiny, tiny little storefront. It's my little boutique right now is 140 square feet. Oh my gosh. People have closets bigger than my boutique. Uh, and it's tiny, but I would drive by at night. I begin to think a couple years before I even thought I was even going to do it, you know, the rent there couldn't possibly be that much. At one point, I saw that the business was no longer active and I was able to call and take a few steps forward by just making a phone call. Just is that space available and how much is the rent? And found out that it was very doable the rent. And yeah, so those were just, you know, I hadn't made a decision to actually open a store, but I did some just inquiring. And I think that's maybe another good tip for your forties. Just ask some questions. You don't have to sign up yet. Ooh, that's good. You know, that's good. Yes, it is. Yeah. Get more information. And yes. So I kind of got more information and more information led to more information. I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to buy. I didn't know how to get a lease. I didn't know how to do just everything required for a business, insurance, and how do you even get salespeople? Like I didn't have any of those know-hows and I just literally one step at a time. And sure enough, in about six months, I opened up my first bricks and mortar. So it's awesome. awesome. I love it. So cute. So cute. Just imagine knowing your taste, your aesthetic, that it is just precious. And I cannot let you get away. We're we're about to have to wrap up, but I cannot let you get away without telling us what are some, I mean, this is your sweet spot. What are some trends for fall 2018? We've talked about some fashion stuff to be aware of for fall 2018, but what's kind of trending for fall and winter for our homes if we want to deck out our homes? Well, I think what's in right now is a little bit of whatever you want it to be. There's definitely influences of sort of like a boho chic, sort of like a modern Mm -hmm. farm. So nothing is ever just like one thing anymore. Kind of like a combination of more of an eclectic look. I think you can switch in mid-century modern with farm, with antiques, with, I mean, people are just mixing everything. And so what I think is nice is to definitely mix everything, but to be aware of texture and patina and color palette. So those are my three things that I really pay attention to when I'm curating for Love Feast and quality too. And Sure. The things that I think that are going to keep with you and you're going to keep in your home are truly things that you love. And a lot of times those are things that are, and of course, there's a big, huge movement now, like the maker movement, you know, living slow and all these types of things is things that are well-made and that are beautiful and possibly made by hand. Right. As far as like adding to your home. I think it's harder to do that, obviously, with like bigger pieces of furniture, like farm tables and maybe case pieces. That's more expensive to do handcrafted type furniture. Oh, sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think more people are just going to their local store and getting sort of like commercial pieces, mm-hmm. which is fine. But I think adding elements that are those other things that where you're paying attention to beautiful color, really nice finishes, you know, maybe 
instead of just running down to your basic generic commercial store for a blanket, you're getting something that's cozier, that has maybe some different textures and different colors in it. So I'd say adding things to your home that are unique, that have a different texture and color palette. And at my shop, Love Feast shop.com, which is my online boutique. One of my biggest sellers is velvet pumpkins, especially during this time of year. Yes. Great thing for me to share because the reason I was able to curate them for my shop is that I actually had been shopping out in the world and I had found these items and wanted them for my own home. And a lot of the things that I curate are things that I authentically love myself and want for my own home. Yeah. And so I found these amazing products, Velvet Pumpkins, and I do now really wonderful business online with Hot Squash, who is a company that is another woman-owned business. And so not only do I get to sell amazing product that's shipped just beautifully, I get to work with another woman entrepreneur. So that's been really important to me too. Uh, My journey has led me to meet other women entrepreneurs and starters and creators. And so, you know, little step, if I could pull that back again, that little step of making those steps in my 40s, had I never made those steps, I would not have the relationships I have today. Mm. There's no way. Yeah. So those steps brought me into so many amazing relationships that I have today in my 50s. So that was worth it in and of itself. But getting back to beautiful things, the velvet pumpkins are awesome. We have beautiful curated small boutique fragrance line, which is really unusual. You'd think that's very hard to sell online, but the product is so beautifully packaged and so amazing. And so we have Kelly and Jones perfumes and they are sort of all inspired by the vineyard and by bottles of wine. So that's kind of a fun thing, but they're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And people love them and they're obsessed about them. And it was almost my awesome of the week because I'm kind of obsessed with it myself. (laughs) So yeah, and I have lots of other things, arts and blankets and linens and things like that. And I know with the Kelly and Jones, you also have candles in the shop too, right? That are the same scents? Yep. Candles that are the same scents. And yeah, we have candles and we have art and a lot of things that are sort of unique and inspirational. I like words. So there's a lot of things with inspirational words as well. That's so true. And this is, you know, I mean, here we are just about to roll the calendar over into October, which means that truly people are starting to gather their gift lists and think about what they might like to get and give this year. And you definitely have lots of inspiration for that too. And I mentioned the candles because this is the time of year when I don't know about you all, but I already have gone around. I'm like, let's get out the candles. It's fall. Time to get cozy in the house and candles are a big part of that. So besides that, yes, because I would love to invite your community to kind of enjoy Luffy Shop and just come and check us out. I would love to offer the sort of awesome community an opportunity to check lovefeastshop.com out. And I have a promotional code for 15% off that is available to anybody. And we'll say it's S-A-L-O-V-E 15. Sort of awesome love 15. So if anybody wants to come check it out and purchase anything, they can have 15% off for the sort of awesomes. Oh my goodness, Chrissy, and that is so generous. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. We will put that in the show notes in case you missed it, but SA Love 15 for 15% off at Chrissy's beautiful shop at Love Feast. So, Chrissy, thank you so much for taking the time. One more time, in case we missed the website, and then also just any other social media, where can we find you to have follow up conversations on either your wisdom or what we should do with our homes to kind of beautify and cozify a little bit? Where can we find you around the web? Oh, gosh, I would love anybody to come follow me on Instagram at Love Feast Shop, as well as on Facebook at Love Feast Shop and on Pinterest at Love Feast Shop. And to check out the boutique online at lovefeastshop.com. And if anybody has a question, I'd be super happy to start a conversation with you at lovefeastshop at gmail.com. Perfect. Christian, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your wisdom. This has given me a lot to think about this. You know, that's sort of my secret is that, you know, a lot of people say, oh my goodness, I learned this on Sort of Awesome. It made such a big difference. You guys, nobody, nobody learns more from Sort of Awesome than I do. And it's because of episodes like this. So Christian, thank you again for your time. 
So fun to have you here. And just as a reminder, if you all want to find me on social media, I'm at Sorta Awesome Meg. The show is over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.